Inside LAFC, Max and Vince podcast. We are back following the biggest week in Fair. LAFC history. Yeah. Biggest not? four days we have ever had. If that's a, a measurable scale, four days. I mean, in terms of on the pitch, yes. obviously you can, you, you can hedge your bets on uh, different yes, ways that yes, you want to do it. But yes, on the pitch... Yes. Yes, I'm going to say no. I'm going to. I 100 agree with you. I, it has to be because it was. We went into the week saying like not only did LFC have to be perfect on the pitch to get what they wanted, but it, it would make it the perfect week. And then we got everything we wanted from that week. I mean, literally, there's nothing that you could look at and say like, <laughs> oh man, I'm kind of bummed about that. There, there's nothing. There's we didn't concede a goal this week. Yes, we did not concede a goal. We conceded well. They, uh, Miami did a pretty good job offensively, but Leon didn't get a shot on goal. So. I, I, again, considering this team has s- some injured guys are waiting to come back, a few red tape situations that are only going to help the team eventually here, some money in their pocket if they want to reinforce it. Is that all accurate? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, it's, I wouldn't say I wouldn't the, the say we're mash- still very high. Yeah, we're not mash out there with like just no. like walking wounded everywhere. But yeah, there's there's still guys that like we're waiting for. Bradley yep. Wright Phillips. Haven't seen him yet, but by the way, seen him at training. Moving around a lot. Moving around a lot. I saw Dio walking without a boot. Yeah. I told so, me the other day, good to see you with two shoes on. Good to that was quick. Yeah. For a guy, for that guy an injury to happen. So they're not gonna rush any of these guys back anytime soon, but a lot to look forward to. I should mention Please subscribe, rate, and review Inside LAFC. We get an amazing response from everyone at the stadium. When I'm walking by myself, where's Vince? I'm sure they say that about me when you're walking around, correct? Yeah. Not really. (laughs) Hey, that Bredos guy. They say, hey, hey, Vince, come close, come close before Max gets here. I'm like, "Uh, oh, Oh, what's up? But uh, a lot of people say, I'm going to start asking, what did we talk about last week? Because it seems like everyone in the stadium listens to it, and I know we don't have that many people listening. Well, coming, coming off the pitch... From interviewing Kenneth after the match, I had people, Vince, Vince, and I'm like, I'm eh, talking to someone else. Yeah. And I but you're up, also a big, go, you're hey, a big star inside the confines of Bank of California Stadium. I you're guess. on the big screen a couple times during the game. Yeah, I guess it just, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't register in my head because it, I'm simply asking questions. I feel like, you know, it's one of those things where you always think, man, it can't be that hard, and then you do it and you go, man, it is pretty hard. So you start to give yourself some daps, like, yeah, it's not easy to do this job. Um, but then you, but then you really pull back again and go, but I'm just talking about stuff that I love. So it's not, you know, you don't want to celebrate yourself too much. So it, it does feel good when somebody says, Hey Vince. And you're like, Hey, yes. And they don't think I'm Jordan Harvey. Some people get pretty emotional about the pod now. Yeah. They come like, man, I was lost at sea. Maybe not in these words, but they kind of tell me how, how important. And look, well, what we want to do with the pod is, uh, make you guys, uh, smarter about the club, smarter about the league, smarter about the sport. And I hope we do that in a little way. And I think we do because information, it's the information age. It still is. Yeah. And we have, you have the best information on this club for anyone in our, in our circle. And uh, this is where you can get it. So, yeah. And goal number two to help you pass the time. I do love yes. seeing the tweets from people who are like, man, I have to work the graveyard shift. You guys help me through this or a drive wow. here or something like that. That those, those are special because... That's how I. That's how I consume podcasts. I love podcasts. I, I like to take in the information. I think they make my life better. But also, they're they're that soundtrack to things that sometimes maybe you don't necessarily want to do, but you got to get through right. them. So it's it's kind of cool when we hear that stuff. So let's give them some information. Yeah. Let's give them some. Let's. Uh, we're going to talk about the week. We're going to talk about these two games because I think I think it's important to do that because when the schedule came out, this was always illuminated as Leon. Inter Miami and how that week will set the rest of the season and right now it's set it in a beautiful way and then we're going to talk about what's coming up next because there is stuff but I think we had the blinders on a bit because we're so no just wrap it up man. on those two games this week we're done we made it we're done it's not over this is just the beginning of what's going to be a, what appears it's going to be a real fun ride however it ends it's already we're already having a blast I don't think I I just told this I was talking to Hercules Gomez about Thursday and I mentioned to him, I go, man, I, I watch a lot of sports. I go, I haven't had that feeling mm-hmm. after a game very few times. Uh, I went to Florida State University. The football yep. team had these moments, and, you know, I, I would I would cry. And that's about it. Um, I think when the U.S. men's national team, when Landon scored that goal in 2010 under the, the, uh, the watch of Bob Bradley, when uh, the U.S. had success in Korea mm-hmm. in the 2002, those are moments I remember where I was, like, just overcome. This was in those moments more yeah. so than any other LAFC game because of what it meant what they were able to achieve what they achieved on that night was is breathtaking I, 
it was a it was like the miracle on grass. It wasn't a miracle, it, 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 but I, I was you know they celebrated the U.S. hockey team. But it was one of these performances that they needed, and I saw it etched on their faces at the beginning. And there was this one time the 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 big screen got Mark Anthony K and it was 25 minutes in or so and he's breathing out of his mouth heavy and you could just see their view and I said at that point I go man he looks he looks already like it's getting to him and they have to do this for 90 minutes yeah I was next to you I think I said that to you well yeah you could tell I mean we watch the game in, in different circumstances yes. than we normally do we normally are in the press box those that don't know the rules of the press box, the number one rule is there's no cheering in the press box. No yelling at the referees, and we we no, we, no you, we have we have to be pretty strict about that policy, and it makes sense in the grand scheme of things because when it happens reverse, when we're somewhere else and we see someone cheat, we're like, who who does that guy think he is? So yeah. we try to we try it's to keep rude. it. I, I I could tell you what yeah. I saw it. A Mexican Max is the number one offender during the Gold Cup, a USA Mexico in 2007. Was it? Uh-huh. I remember the Mexican uh, media going crazy and yeah. how I just. The international rules are very different. But within U.S. press boxes, there's no cheering. Uh, but we got to watch the game within the TV booth because was there, was no, there was no – it was empty. There was no extra. So we had a group of guys from our – from Brandon community. And um, I think that was – for me, that was what part of it too. You know, I, I do get those – when we're working, it's so much harder to, to kind of let out some steam um, because we have to be quiet. But we, we were in that room. We were jumping around. I think – I don't think any of us were sitting down. We all stood up through the entire match. Um, we were so loud after the third goal that, that Aubrey had to come over and, and check on us to yeah. make sure that we were okay. Um, I lost my voice. Yeah, I lost, just I lost my voice. Screaming at the ref, screaming out the, the – we had the, the, uh, we had the some window replays open. Too. Uh, we, yeah, we did have the TV so we could watch replays. But, man, the, the, it was the closest thing to being able to be with fans because we are all very much invested. They, everyone that works here is, is a fan of the club. It's not that – you know, I've worked at places, and you have as well, where you're like, do you guys even like sports? I know we work in sports, but do you guys even like sports? Yeah. And you get that weird feeling. It's not, this, it's not like that here. I mean, there well, was That points. is a breath of fresh air from what I've worked many places. I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. I remember I was like, uh, I don't think you're engaged. As, this, is, this, is, this is life and death to me almost yeah. with these sports things because you live on everything. Well, you know, you know what is the weirder one, too, when you get the person, somebody goes, how are you doing? You go. Not great, man. I'm a little nervous about things. And they go, yeah. oh, why? And they yeah. look at you with disgust, like, aren't you a professional? Yeah. And they're like, you're like, no, I'm not. I'm a fan. Yes. I'm not a professional. I'm sorry. Hey, we had those out-of-body feelings. I was not comfortable that whole day. It was like, and I, I saw it. We, the reason it was so comforting is because everyone around you was feeling the same. You know, your body yeah. wasn't cooperating. My legs weren't walking the way it should because it was like I'd so invested. I knew how much was at stake here, not only being able to advance the tournament and have an incredible opportunity to play Cruz Azul, which we will talk about later. The best team in Mexico now. I know we said that about León. Just keep moving them around. We're playing at the Azteca. This Mexico City road trip, I go, I know we, we're not promised that, but man, that'd be great. And now we get that. And we also get, to me, see one of the great performances by an MLS club anywhere in any competition. León, you don't see that from a, a Mexican team with that kind of talent looking just defeated and lost. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's something that was, you rarely, I don't even think I've ever experienced. I think, you know, Toronto did that a couple of years, but something like that where they just undressed the team yeah. from zero to 90 minutes. And uh, it, it was, it was, it was bigger than anything I've seen. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but it really was an amazing achievement. And I won't forget it. I don't think, I don't think whatever path we go, if we win this tournament, if we get knocked down in the quarterfinals, that's something that you you put in the the bomb. What is it called? The uh, the time capsule yeah. for LAFC for people to find many years later. I mean, it's a chapter. It's a foundational piece, like you said. No matter what happens, we have to always like lean back on this night because in other instances, we're gonna need. We're probably gonna be up against it another time, and we're gonna need to say, well, what did we do at this moment? At this moment, we bared down. We went for it. Um, I'll say. You know, I felt validated, not because I was like, LFC is going to, we're fine. We're going to take care of this. But I kept telling people when they asked me, like, how do you feel? I go, well, I'm, I'm worried. I really want my team to show themselves more than anything. That was the biggest thing to me. I was like, that team in Mexico, I think that they didn't play as poorly as everyone said. I think they're, they're, but I wanted, I wanted them to take it up a level so that we could say for sure, no matter what, even if we get knocked out of this tournament, that we gave them in one leg, we gave them a real run for their money. And then we showed up to training after they got back from Leon, and you and I both said, "Man, these guys look really kind of cool. 
really kind of calm, yeah. but very focused, like laser focused. Talking with Jordan Harvey when he was just like, man, we just go for it. That's all we got to do. We just go for it. And both of us were like, man, they seem not we worried. We got to go for it. Like yeah. They just seem confident. And that's why in the takeaways, I was like, did they know something we didn't? Because they Boy, just yeah. seem to have this idea in their head that I think it's exactly what I said. They knew that in Lyon, they did not play as poorly as the scoreline made it out to be. And they also knew that they were, and they're not going to say this out loud, they were against They were against it, right? First competitive match, altitude. Mark Anthony Kay hadn't played a single minute in preseason. is all of a sudden injected in the midfield. There's just so many factors, but they didn't want to They didn't want to talk about all those. They just want to say, we're just going to go for it. Because they knew, look, the ideas were there. The execution wasn't. If we can just ramp it up that little bit, we'll be able to take care of it. And then I think that's why, again, it's one of the biggest moments, too, because there was no fluke. Man, we, we got we got past the refereeing crew. We got past the, the opponent and basically broke down our own barrier of fitness because those guys went from – I don't think there was a minute where I really looked at them and thought they didn't, they're gassed. They, they no. did not let up through the full 90-plus minutes. Even when uh, Atuesta was taken out, you could see him as like, I, I got something left. I mean, yeah. whether he does, the, the Bob and their staff know when – they have a plan. They know exactly. Yeah, they, they see. They see these guys' bodies, it. language. Yeah. They see their looks. They know a little bit something about them that we. Don't. That was also. That was probably just a, the luxury of having a guy like Pancho Ginella to come off the bench and give you that extra push over the edge. Yeah. Which is what you look on for depth as well. Happy for the players to experience that. But again, like you said, just going out and taking that and not only getting by the officiate, never giving Leon a good chance. There was that one where Vermeer played it, but yeah. got out of got out of hot water. Yeah. But other than that. Um, there were some moments your your heart started to race, but never entered your throat. Yeah, for for Leon with their attacking, yeah, it, it was, it was th- th- it was always about whether you're going to score. And we said, would we give up a goal? And we always were fearing that. But you look back, it wasn't. Other no. than that one play, it wasn't that close to. Yeah, the feeling it was a very different feeling. I, I tried to compare it to the Galaxy matches prior, but it was a very different feeling because it just it seemed so inevitable. Like I, I knew, I felt that if we were gonna fall short, it was gonna be because we went to PKs. And at that point, I was like, "Well, PKs to turn that around." I mean, this is something routinely Liga MX teams do. They they lose the first leg and they go, "Okay, we'll just boat race them the next." Like, no big deal. We'll totally demoralize them. It was the first time an MLS team, I, I believe they said this in history, had overturned a multi go multi goal deficit against a Liga MX team. <laughs> And they, that, they literally even, demoralized them. You wouldn't even think of doing that. No. Would you be okay, would you be able to turn that over and go, nah, well, we're MLS club. We, it's, it's not in our in our makeup. So. And I told you, we want to win this competition, but maybe that's the step that somebody has to take first. Yeah. We need to start seeing MLS sides routinely say, okay, throw away that first leg. We still did some things that we wanted to do right in that first leg, but we got unlucky. Should have been 1-0, ended up 2-0. Okay, we think we can still turn it around. Because the Liga MX teams, they, they say, okay, uh, we lost against a, a bad team, or we lost against a team that we're clearly better than. Yeah, when we come back home, it's no, it's no big deal. Yeah, uh, the tournament opened up in the round of 16. The the, the, the Mexican teams, the Liga MX teams, labored. I, I would I would say you know Tigres should be out, yep. uh, if not for a, a last minute goal by their goalkeeper off yeah, a corner kick. Uh, America probably should be out yep. uh, except for coming back against Comunicaciones and winning the penalties. So there was an opportunity open for Major League Soccer which did well dropped the ball a bit with the Sounders losing to Olympia because now instead of having Seattle, Montreal, you have Montreal yeah. Olympia Five coached by Pedro Troglio Argentine legend And but now the opportunity is for someone to win it's here but it required LAFC to have that game to I think tell everyone in Mexico that uh, this is a team that should be feared. I, I would love to be watching the news cycle down there because there's no way they can't say, hey, a guy who's done it. I know a lot of the, the pundits, for lack of a better word, up there would see this and go, uh, my pick's LAFC. That's yeah. the best team I've seen here. Well, you know that they... Cruz Azul like, might be the other. That's the problem. You know because you know how the, that media works. They absolutely loved it when we went to Mexico and Carlos didn't score any goals, didn't have a shot on goal. They, they loved the fact that they could hammer him. They loved that while they're hammering him, he's flying back to L.A. They don't have to worry about seeing him face-to-face. They can just yeah. you know, behind his back, hammer <laughs> him, hammer him. And then we flip the switch. He has a, you know, a, a star of the tournament type performance, two goals, was influential in everything, and they're just like, yeah, well, LAFC's a good team. We knew it. You know, they, it's so funny how easily they can flip the switch and say, Carlos Velas, he's an amazing player. So you know, I'll be interested to see what the, what the news is when we go back there to Mexico City, if, if they're going to pan Carlos or what, what they're going to be saying about him because as of right now, he's the best player in the tournament. In, and in form, uh, Carlos Vela 
with a, a close to healthy LAFC makes this team the favorite in this competition. I, that's I'm not hubris. I'm not just crying yeah. over. It is because yeah. no one has that. Cruz Azul are a team with a great spirit. They have a great forward. Uh, in Cabezón Rodriguez, they have some good – Alvarado's a good midfield. We'll talk more about it, but they don't have yeah. Carlos Vela. Well, I, just, I think you saw against Leon the, the things that you need to win this tournament. LFC have an idea of how they want to play. That's always been ingrained. You know, now we're into year three. It's, it's just so set in these guys. But what they needed was – a little bit of extra from their, their star talent, which they got in that game, and then just an all-around effort from the team to be able to really put the ideas to work. Like Bob said, it came down to just closing them down and refusing to give up on any play. I mean, they went from play to play to play, never really phased by the, you know, as we're going wild upstairs yelling at the referee, they're moving on. They're just letting it go, moving from play to play to play. And, and they scored right after the, the offside flag, yeah. clearly wrong offside on Diego Rossi. Yeah. They scored... Three minutes later, mm-hmm. that makes your point 100%. Yeah, so if they, can, if they can continue to have those three aspects of the game, ideas, get your best players to be your best players, and then just never, literally never give up on a play because when LFC presses and turns teams over, I mean, what was crazy was seeing them against Lyon turn them over and turn almost every single moment into a transition moment. It was never LAFC really going up against a set defense. They were able to get guys moving, basically turn the ball over, Hand it off to the next guy already streaming down the field, and then get it up to the forward line, and it was, it was lights out from there. And that was that was the major difference between being in in Leon and basically being at Bank California Stadium. So um, I want I listened to the FS1 broadcast when I got home, and uh, good friend Stu Holden and friend of LAFC, former Plus One, said that that Rossi goal was a cross. I watched it. Stu, all due respect. I still think it's a shot. I thought it was a shot too. On second look, there was a very, there was a very straight line from where he crossed it from one post to the other, and I will give him the credit, benefit of the doubt there, and I will say that there is something with this kid, in a moment, stepping up. All that happened prior was substantial, scoring the first goal in the season, uh, scoring these hat tricks, doing these things, but to do that. Mm-hmm. Right after they, they pulled it up, and while Leon was down to put you know, the pick in the neck, says a lot about Diego Rossi. And in all honesty, he did not have the best game in Mexico. No. Like, and, but Diego's one of those players that I think you know, people want to point out his speed, point out his finishing, um, you know, point out the, his ability to, to dribble with the ball, basically at the same speed that he can run without the ball. I, one of the big things that I like to key in on that, that people don't make a lot of is there's going to be times where throughout any young player season where they go through dry spells. They go through dips in form. It seems like Diego, just like any young player, does have those moments. But when he gets out of it, he busts out of it in a big way. It's like he misses four games, no goals, and then scores in the next three and has five in those next three. And I think for a young player, for a guy that you need uh, that has like a growing mindset, Diego is well beyond his years in, in that regard because – he just seems to be able to say, okay, I haven't been doing what I want to do. I need to just put my head down and work. And he gets back into, gets back into form. And, you know, so many young players, they come out of the gate hot, maybe have one good season, a season and a half, and then they stumble into those, those little pockets and never, never recover. But I, never worry, I honestly never worry about him. When he has a bad game, if he has two bad games, he'll be back. I never worry about him, honestly. There was a – on the Sunday game, which we'll talk about, there's a little Uruguayan section developing there. Yeah. And it's got all the, you know, the family of our Uruguayan players. Gaston Reino, who is like the premier Uruguayan mixed martial artist and competes for Combate Americas and is also a broadcaster there. There's a, a company I work for calling MMA. He was there with the significant others of Brian Rodriguez and, and Diego Rossi and another group of it. And it was such a comforting little unit that I, I just said – this is so cool. There's like 20. They're, they're having some, some sandwiches, talking about it all together, and the comfort level. And it gave me comfort to see uh, them feel like this is home. And that yeah. wasn't something that existed. But now you have this growing contingent. You know, they're going to be families for Ginella. There's going to be more folks coming in. And they had that little unit. And I was like, just pump my fist as I walked away. So yeah. thank you, Tonga Reino, for setting that up, too. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, it's really cool to learn more about cultures we don't. I mean, obviously, Los Angeles is a very diverse city, but there's so many cultures that we're, we're so ingrained with, you know, Salvadoran culture, you know, obviously the Mexican culture, but we don't hear a lot about Uruguayan players, small, Paraguayan small players. Place. So I think They're it is pretty cool. They're far away from home, too. Yeah, they are far away from home. It is pretty cool to, to learn a little bit more about their culture and kind of just the, the mindset because, you know, everyone's very different. The way they come, 
the the soccer that they come from the the mentality the style it's, it's very different so it's cool to kind of yeah. learn and see those guys here Rossi Ginella Mate drinkers Brian is not when I just yeah so there you go Mark Anthony K does drink mate Lee Win mate drinker yeah. Big, so, big, big espresso guy. That yeah. Little. You know what? I didn't think we were, I, I, let's swing over to Sunday's game. Swing it to Miami. Yes, and there's some similar uh, connections to what happened Thursday. Well, like you said, it, it is a continuation it's, of one. It's big hard week. to separate these two. I just want to say a few things that I really enjoyed from Sunday. Two gentlemen who uh, were so proud. They're Filipino. Had a Philippines flag in the tailgate. Go, we're making the debut in the North End. I go, great. Took a photo with them on my Instagram, and. Walking around there, I also saw a Cuban flag, and I got to the bottom of it, and oh my God, another supporter whose name escapes me, I feel terrible, because he's the one Cuban guy in there. He goes, I put it there, because Miami was in town. I go, well thought out, keep it in there. Yeah. So, uh, just to have that, as we said, we had a, a, a we had to go to a meeting, but I still pop, we have to do 20 minutes at the tailgates. You got that? I know. I know. I apologize, but right. I was stuck in that, stuck yes. in our pre-production I should have gone meeting. to that meeting. I should have gone to that meeting, yeah. but I just said, all right. Um, I had Christian Lau with me, and he was very convincing. So we yeah. went down there. But we went there. Lau's a troublemaker. Uh, a few other things. When Lee Wynn came out, there was a sparse collection of fans in the North End. You know, maybe 500 or so. Yeah. Uh, still early. Still two hours from the game. Lee Wynn came out. Great ovation. And Lee Wynn kind of said hello to 30 people yeah. as he walked through there, shaking hands. And it was, uh, it, was, it was very cool to see that. And we get to the game. And I'll just give you a couple thoughts, and I'll head off because we'll, we'll you are back and forth. I want to give my hats off to Inter Miami. I thought they were very well prepared. I had a chance to talk with their owner, Jorge Mas. I, gave, I go, I, I've been very critical of you. I know we both were like, eh, about the signings, but you guys got it on track. You got your player. I think you got the right player, and you clearly got the right coach. So I thought they were to get beaten quite soundly. And LAFC were not the, the well-oiled machine we saw on Thursday, to be expected. Interplayed a, a tactical game where it was very physical. The referee let him get away with it. But if I was an opponent of LAFC, I would kind of get in there too. Yeah. And if it works, it works. That's the way to do it. You want to get a result. They almost got a result. So I thought they were very good. Their fans were there, a good collection of it. And it, it all added to the incredible atmosphere on another nice Sunday. It was a little overcast and it felt like all the energy was packed in that stadium again. I'll leave it with this as I hand it off to you. During the, the offseason, we did not see much from Carlos Vela. Um, he deferred a lot. He's like, all right. And then the first leg, it was very frustrating for him, and they were on it. For him to bang out of it with what he's done these <laughs> last two games tells you he is the gold standard. He's the black and gold standard still by getting those two goals, keeping the pressure on in the game against Leon, and then scoring the early front runner for goal of the season after one week. Yeah. Certainly important wise because it keeps it keeps that mentality of LAFC. We're not going to beat you. We'll beat you three zip. We'll beat you one zip. That's how we roll. I mean, that was a dead play. Legitimately a dead play. And you have to give some props to Diego Rossi who actually sprinted from the center kind of into that channel to keep that ball alive. We really kind of were just easing some pressure. We're going into halftime. Okay, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. We're kind of tired. Miami's really putting in a shift. I will give them that. They were very organized, and they were, they were willing to close down spaces, and they were saying, look, we're not going to let you beat us easy um, no matter what team you are. Um, but Diego Rossi gets over there. He kind of keeps that play alive, and then Carlos just does what Carlos does. I mean, he reads the space so well. He knows, hey, if I put this ball here, I can beat this guy. Some other guys are going to come. I'll, I'll get a few touches on it. But he, just, he manages to just kind of keep gliding with the ball. It's like the ball has a – you know, people say magnet or whatever, but it, it's like he goes to a spot and then the ball follows him along, follows him along. And then the presence of mind to know, okay, this goalkeeper the whole time has been tracking me. He's probably been closing down the angle. I think I could probably chip it from 18 yards out. And, and Bob brought it up in in, uh, in the press conference because some people asked about, you know, well, what's, does he do these kinds of things in training? He goes, oh, man, you guys you guys don't even know. And you and I have been privileged to see Carlos score some some amazing goals in training. Um, I would say he scores goals even after training. I mean, literally, if the guy we has... try to get those goals out for the yeah. social media. We can't, once if, in a blue moon, maybe. If Carlos has a ball at his feet and someone is near the goal or a goal is near him, he's putting it on goal, which is, which is awesome. And, I mean, he hits it from everywhere and anywhere, any angle. So it's like the equivalent, I guess, is if you've ever gone to see, like, Steph Curry warm up before a Golden State Warriors game. He's, he takes trick shots, which is kind of fun because he's thinking to himself, look, 
I know how to shoot a three-pointer from a, from a standstill. I know how to hit a jumper from, you know, when a guy's not near me. But what about when, I'm, when guys are pulling at my body or, or, you know, I'm spinning around, I got to flip one up behind my back of my head. And Carlos, in that same way, he kind of he's like, I'll just try things at training. Why not? Just try stuff. And, man, when it comes off, it's so elegant and it's so beautiful. So, yeah, that was the, the moment of the game. Obviously, it's the game winner. Um, but – yeah, I left that game thinking two things. One, I was very happy that LAFC, despite the struggles of turning around less than 72 hours, they still were up for it. I think it turned out to be the game we expected it to be, even yeah. though I thought that this it is probably... It was mucked up. Yeah. But to be able to get through a mucked up game... I didn't expect game, it, but this is one... We, 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 yeah. In hindsight, we should have thought how it would have probably was going to Well, look. we said before the match, one of our keys was to make sure you don't let uh, Rodolfo Pizarro get into a rhythm. I thought... For, to start the game, he was looking like him and Robbie Robertson was gonna. We're gonna. Guy was, Robinson. Even got Bob Bradley said some good things about Robinson I did, afterwards. I just called him Robertson. The Rob, band. Robinson. Oh, right. Sorry. He, that'd be weird. <laughs> not they drove old uh, Dick no, Robbie Robinson, down. Robbie Robinson, man, willing to run for any ball, any and every ball. And I think LFC was surprised that he was he was did not tire through the whole match. But we we managed to really keep Pizarro out of rhythm because we, like we said he's not really a goal scorer he's not necessarily no, just a was... huge assist guy he wants to link play he wants to move back and forth um, and he wants to just drive you crazy by popping up in a, in a million spaces and he did um, but Eddie Segura and, and uh, Dan Yakovic I mean third game in a row and even in Lyon I, I, I will not listen to any slander of those two even in Lyon because they were easily the top performers I mean Eddie Segura I think has been Close to man, if not man of the match. Perfect. Close to man of the match. Per- perfect the last two games. Perfect with every play. Did not I, let one foot out of place. Yeah, almost perfect in Leon too. I mean, yes, I, I, I almost wanted to say three because I know we, we, they let yeah. the two goals, but I think there well, no was a to, little glitch. No but one wants to listen to you say that your center backs are perfect in a game you lose two nil, but they can still the, be including perfect. Including the coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Bob would never let us say anyone has been perfect yeah. in a game. Not even Carlos. Uh, but yeah, the, like you said, it was the game we expected, but. The game we were happy to see that they were able to see out because that's a big thing. I remember last year we were like, man, let's see if they can close out games with one goal leads. That was the thing we wanted to see. And they started doing it early in the season. They did it a lot early in the season. I think what we're going to look to see is let's see if they can close out tight games when they're tired because they're going to be tired throughout the year. One thing that hasn't, hasn't hit just yet, but I anticipate it will, is the connection between Vela and Brian Rodriguez. I mean, they're, sometimes they're on opposite sides of the field there, but mm-hmm. you know, you want to see those two guys weave their magic. And I know it's been a little frustrating for Brian Rodriguez because he hasn't got that goal and he went, went through. And uh, I always keep my eye on him because you know you want him. You, I, 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 I kind of bet a lot. I, I talked a lot of trash on his behalf. I go, this guy's going to have a breakthrough yeah. year, and I still strongly believe that. And I always thought about Brian Rodriguez when he was coming up. He was probably always the best player in every game he played. Yeah. In every game he was involved, he was the best. I've spoken to Uruguayan media who have said he is our best young player. That is including Fede Valverde and all the other great Uruguayan players. They rate him as number one, certainly at the position he plays. So when Carlos scored the goal, just to go back there, I saw something when I went home and saw the replay. I saw Rodriguez like point at him like bow down to his greatness and I thought he's never been on a field where he's seen somebody but he's not running from it he's just like I can't believe this guy's my teammate this is cool so I know it's it's nothing direct but it was that was a moment of symmetry because I always wonder when you're the best player always you go you want to kind of be that and I saw something from Brian I said all right I think we that's the guy and I will compliment him and we're going to make some beautiful music so hopefully that's the next step well I think what Brian's learning from Carlos is Get into the box, get by your marker, get a shot. So Brian, coming into this, this is the one thing, and we've said this multiple times, he hasn't scored a ton at club level. Because if he would have, I don't know if we would have been able to We He wouldn't be an LAFC player. So that is the one thing missing from his game. And before that comes the shots on goal. Brian didn't put up a lot of shots on goal. You want key guys to be putting up between three and five shots on goal. Carlos routinely has six, five and six shots on goal every game. That's why he scores goals. you got to shoot to score. So... In that game, even though Bryant did not get his goal and we're all waiting for it, he's getting shots on target. He's getting shots on goal. He's creating his own shots. I think he needs to find more moments when he can be on the move and basically be set up to shoot as opposed to having to dribble two, three guys. Um, but it's an encouraging thing when you see Brian creating shots because that, again, it's another step in the progression. You don't just go from not scoring in club to all of a sudden scoring because you're taking one shot on goal. you got to take multiple shots. So the more we see him taking shots, the more we know that that progression is working. He's just got to really 
be adamant about getting in the box and getting shots. I mean, really bust it to get there. That's something that Diego Rossi does great. When you watch Carlos on the left side, sometimes maybe just skew your view and look back to the other side because you'll see Diego Rossi, no matter where he is on the pitch, running like hell to make sure that he's in the box because he knows something might be created. If Carlos takes a shot, you might have an opportunity for a rebound. If Carlos gets bogged down by somebody, he's going to create a shot for you. Um, Brian is learning that um, but it, because it goes to what you said. He's always been the best player on the pitch. He, he's known that, hey, I could uh, probably Everyone's do something. told him he's the best player. Yeah, I can he, do something. he hears that he's the best player. He knows that. Right. He knows the accolades. And sometimes sprinting into the box when you don't have the ball, not the most glamorous, fun thing to do, but oh. he's learning that in order to be the guy that we need you to be and to to be the guy that you want to be, because, of course, like everyone else, he wants to go to Europe, you're going to have to get your shot volume up. You're going to have to start scoring goals. And if he plays in a big European club, you'll have probably someone like a Carlos Vela that he has to Work to. for yep. in some situations, which is not a bad gig. Mm-hmm. So uh, you see, you see it working in there. Real quickly, one thing to add: three guys make their MLS debuts on Sunday. Bryce Duke came on, which was great to see. Uh, Jose Cifuentes, we really saw for the first extended period. Yep. Uh, we saw him a little bit in the first leg against Leon. And Pancho Ginella makes his MLS debut. He also made his club debut. So you've got all those guys now officially in the club. Yep. I mean, well, Kenneth Vermeer technically making his his first. I knew there was a fourth. Yep. And he got man of the match, which was good because. I messed up on the post-match and I said, uh, it's your first clean sheet. I should have said first clean sheet in MLS because he clearly Uh, had the clean sheet against Leon. But he was, uh, that's another person we got to point out. He was phenomenal. I mean, in every every facet of the game from a goalkeeper, he was was obviously made some great saves. uh, But his ability to play kind of that sweeper-keeper role, there was two to three times where he was good 30 yards from his goal and, and really cleaning things up. Uh, and then his his distribution was fantastic. So there was one where he just pinged one right to Carlos. It was just like this sweet line drive right to him, right in the center circle. Carlos just took it down, and then we were back on the attack. So that's that's something that maybe goes under the radar, but obviously when he makes seven saves, he's, he's man of the match easily. All right, so there it was, the uh, the biggest week in LAFC history unofficially. Just according to me, and somewhat to you. You for nodded. The, yeah. For the book we're writing. Now what Now what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about that next, because the season in two competition moves on. We will preview our next MLS opponent. Should I tell them who it is now? People probably know. It's Philadelphia. No, tease it. Oh. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. It's at home. Well, it's at home. Keep we'll talk about what it, how they prepare for it. And then the CONCACAF Champions League, you know it's Cruz Azul. We'll, we'll start to get into that and why this is shaping up to be uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest challenge LAFC has had. Inside LAFC with Max and Vince. Back here on Inside LAFC, Max and Vince uh, exhale as we get those massive two games behind us and now we set sail on two competitions moving forward i will say vince after going unbeaten against the eastern conference last season we're one and oh in this year with a chance to go two and oh as next sunday we will have philadelphia union in town it's at 7 30 eastern time pacific time what am i talking i'm sorry too much time yeah, we're, we're. 7 30 local time i'm just like <laughs> Calibrated. Okay. So 7.30 local time at the bank. Hey, don't forget to set your clocks ahead. Oh, we get the daylight back, huh? Daylight savings. Oh, no. I got some bad news. You come, you come to this podcast for the daylight saving news. This is bad news. I am going to Vegas Friday late afternoon to see UFC on Saturday. Okay. Someone buy me, so I'm going to go there, and I'm going to come back Sunday morning at 8. I thought I was getting an extra flight, but I'm losing an hour. Oh, you're going to so be gonna a be mess. Sunday, Sunday oh. the game, I'm not going to look so hot. Max is going to be a Keep in mind, it's not because I overserved or anything. It's just that I'm old and travel and all that wears down. So I might have sunglasses most of Sunday. Thank God it's a late game. <laughs> if it was a 2.30 kick, I'd be in trouble. Yeah, but so uh, it's a 7.30 kick, you're going to be wearing those sunglasses? No, I won't. <laughs> I think you should. Probably not. I might be wearing a hat. How's that be sound? Cool. I think it would be a cool vibe. I think right. you should. So that's it. I need to get I need to get out and do some little trips. So I'm glad to do that. I love watching sports, and I'll be back to watch the Union as well. So they're coming off a two zip. We're going to talk about this game. This is the first one up, and then we'll talk a little bit about Cruz Azul because uh, I think people are going bananas. Think- but that's there's no Concacaf Champions League this week. No. The second leg, the sec next week, the right. first leg will take place here on a Wednesday, the twelfth. Yes. Get that right? 
and the second leg a Thursday. A steady or stack on the 18th, which is a Thursday. Which we're going. Yes. You and I are going. All right. You're all gung ho. No, I'm. We're going. We're gonna. No, but I, I don't just mean like you and I are going. Like we're going together. We're gonna road trip it. Me and you. I think we should just content Dude, it. CBS CBX Airport Tijuana. I, I think we should do it. Well, I'm it just, gonna compare. We, I'm gonna I, look at some flights I'm when we get this off now, of here. Though, Starship will not <laughs> feature on a tired old street. I will, I'm gonna have a tight rein. You should of, sur- of the playlist that we listen yeah. to on the way there. But I, I think. But we should get a good traveling crew, just like four or five people. Yeah, all we gonna go. do a little. We should, but I think you and I should do a little vlog, and then we should just go hang out with people and just be Vince and Max on the street, in Mexico City. Oh boy. I'm learning. I've been. I haven't been to Mexico City since I was a kid. I've Never been all been. over Mexico, but I haven't been to Mexico City. So it's about going to the neighborhood, so you have access to the food mm-hmm. and obviously the stadium and obviously some, some tourism aspects. So uh, it's going to be uh, very cool. So we're going to start focusing on that a little bit. Yeah, cruises. Well, I mean, right now they're the top of the cluster. Like we said, they've they've recently just taken taken over that top spot from Club America. Things could change drastically as we've seen Leon were top before we uh, kicked off with them now they're down to third they actually lost again they've given up now five goals in the span of four days yeah we wrecked Leon's season yeah we broke they lost to Chivas we broke Leon we broke Leon who are now third but Cruz Azul uh, 19 goals so they're really an attractive team offensively they they spend a lot of money they have a lot of good players the guy Roberto Alvarado I said he's going to be sold to a European club for a ton uh, maybe this year, maybe yeah. next year. And um, they have a great Uruguayan and, and Rodriguez who scored, I think, two more. He's just a machine. He scores goals. They have a great youth system, of a very coveted youth system. But I think any Cruz Azul fan would tell you is, there, is the one thing that, they, that drives them wild is how wildly inconsistent they can be. They can play this beautiful football. They can seem like world beaters, seem like they're going to win you know, the title, and then fade. And completely blow up and just yes, they, they that's a they they have that analogy of like coming close and not getting over the hump. But yeah. you know, winning Liga MX is the one that has gone away from them. But we'll see about this. But now it's it's ramped up. There's eight teams left. The cream has risen to the top. And I, by the way, uh, we we push this Concacaf Champions League as a company more than I think. More than the league, the league's obviously focused on their thing. But more than any other club that is in there, they're all excited. And granted, it's our first ride, yeah. So we're gonna we're the, gonna over. The league's been hurt. We're too gonna many oversell, times, you know? yeah. So we're, it's all fresh and new. But what we did was, we took a risk here by really pushing it for our, our supporters. It came from the top. It came from the, the higher ups in every department here, saying, "Concacaf Champions League, Concacaf Champions League." So the win by Leon's even bigger because all that we invested a lot of time. Yeah. We did shows. We were all over on the podcasts. We had supporters going down there in mass. Everything was huge. We we made a connection with Leon, and now we get to do it again. Go again. Think about all of that for one matchup. Now you get to duplicate, and all the work we've done. Now you can kind of kick it forward to do it. You know, be kind of. You know, it's going to be kind of cool. And I don't think if we get past Cruz Azul, it's not going to go forward from here. Or maybe it will because we we might have to play Club America and Cruz Azul Club America rivals. Um, I bet you there's going to be quite quite a few Leon fans that are going to be cheering for us against Cruz Azul because, one, they don't like Cruz Azul, and, two, we made some good friends down there. So I think that's a a pretty cool thing, trading hats, trading scarves, trading kits. Um, That's that's pretty cool to think think that while we're down there in Mexico City that out in Guanajuato there will be people cheering, cheering for the black and gold, possibly even wearing black and gold gear while while watching us. So that's I think that's kind of cool. Well, that's a world club thing. By the way, let's stick with Cruz Azul and we'll go back to Philadelphia because this is obviously. I know we I, um, we wanted to give you the full in depth breakdown. It's of important. Philadelphia. The Philadelphia game again. You can't have your guard down. And no. uh, guess who's not going to do it? It's not going to be uh, a Bob Bradley and company. Um, Cruz Azul is in the in the history of Mexico the old guard of the big names. You have Club América. You have Chivas of Guadalajara. La Máquina, right? They're the machine. La Maquinita, they like to call it. La Máquina. You have Cruz Azul and you have Pumas. Mm-hmm. Three of those four all located in Mexico City, the outlier being Chivas of Guadalajara. In recent years, you've had these two teams from Monterrey, Monterrey and Tigres, start winning titles and come up. There's a couple other clubs that you would have to that run their clubs the right way and have found success. I would say Pachuca and Santos are them. Yep. But when it comes to history and fan base, the four that I gave you at the beginning are the highest, and Cruz Azul has this great history of players developing young players 
They're playing at the Azteca, but that's not really their home. No. They used to be at the Estadio. So they are getting... They're getting a new, new home. A new home, which I think is what Mexico needs more than... I shouldn't say Mexico. Liga MX needs more than anything. They need Bank of California's. They need state-of-the-art... A lot of, uh, a lot of Alliance that. Field. That's an Italy problem, too. Yeah. So that changes everything, and... Monterrey has a new stadium. It's amazing. Oh, I'd God. love to go there. You just see it on the screen. You're like, wow, Beautiful. this looks... Um, the setting, Pachuca everything. Santos have newer stadiums, so that it helps. Mm-hmm. And now Cruz Azul is going to be one of those clubs. But in the meantime, we get to go to Estadio Azteca. Yeah. I've never been there. I know you said you've been there. Never been. I've never been to Mexico City. And for those of you that don't know about Estadio Azteca, I mean, obviously, a lot of the stories you're going to hear about the U.S.-Mexico rivalries. But in the grand scheme of world football, uh, the greatest match... What they call the greatest match ever played was played there between West Germany and Italy, a 4-3 match uh, in the 1970 World Cup. Uh, the 4-1 Brazil over Italy that has arguably the greatest goal ever scored in World Cup history. Is the there. 86 World Cup. The 86 Maradona. World Cup, the hand of God plus the solo run in the same match. I mean, this is a hallowed ground. This is, this is in the Pantheon with places like the San Siro, uh, with uh, Maracanã, with the Camp News. You know, this is it's, – it's hollowed ground, so – I, I can't wait to just enter that stadium and just be a part of what it is because it's it's it literally is a monumental place. It it, it seats like a hundred thousand people, right? Yeah, there won't be that many people. No, there won't. Obviously, because Unless, again, uh, like you said, it's not Club America days are very different than Cruz Azul days at the Stadio yeah. Unless the LAFC uh, supporters, we can, yeah, come on down. <laughs> let's get call yeah, your friends. Let's just say this: we we probably can get more than a thousand tickets. So come on down. <laughs> oh my God, it's gonna be insane. So uh, there you have it. So Cruz Azul are very competitive, and it's laced in history. I think going to Mexico. By the way, they're old stadium. I used to call games, and uh, we do these aerial shots. It was Estadio Azul, mm-hmm. and next to it was the bull ring in Mexico City. You always oh, wow. see these shots, and you, it's, it was so weird, but really cool. And it's, I mean, I, I'm not uh, uh, signing off on bullfighting. It's, yeah. it's pretty, pretty It's disgusting. a cultural thing, not diving cultural, deep into the... Now, that said, I would like to experience one to see that... Uh, but when you see it, it just feels it's so antiquated and went there. I always loved it. I always loved to see that shot come over and see the bull ring next to the stadium, yeah. which you never see. You know, so yeah. it's pretty, pretty interesting. The idea of stadiums being like a centerpiece in a city. Yeah. Like that's why Bank California Stadium is so great because we're in the midst of everything. We're in Exposition Park. It's, it's a meeting place in the city. It's a place where everybody can kind of come together and you can see it from the freeway. And it's, 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 it's a touch point. For everybody, you could say like, "Oh, it's right over near Bank of California Stadium," as opposed to being in the, on the outskirts. Yeah. Um, that's what's so beautiful about the game in, in other places around the world, like Mexico, where they just plop the stadium down and then they kind of almost build a city around it. Yeah, everyone sees it on the 110. You see that? You see those big towers? You see yeah. the stadium? It's everyone in their commute to downtown sees Bank of California Stadium from both directions almost. Yep. So, so those games are coming up. Uh, Rosen. Mike Rosen, who does uh, a lot of incredible stuff, so he made a good point, and I, I concurred with him because I said it. Because when you look at LAFC.com and you open the schedule, now you have these two little Cruz Azul icons. Uh, it just looks really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really cool between Philadelphia and Portland. And you had the Leon ones. And look, Leon's a great team at Young, but the Cruz Azul uh, badge is historically significant. It There's has a little it, bit extra. It's unique. It's, yeah. I, love, I love the Mexican game, and just to see that was really cool. So. Just worth mentioning. And I, what, do you, what do you think about this? We start at home this time first. Yeah. And the second leg will be Estadio Azteca. And when that happens, your immediate reaction is, all right, score goals at home and try not to concede too many on the road. But if you brought that tactic to Bob Bradley, he would laugh at you in your face because he knows every game, LAFC's identity is the same. That said, it's not going to be – they may not need two goals to chase – in yeah. the first log, maybe they do. But I would also think I would also say Bob would laugh in your face also because he would tell you, "Well, Max, we always want to score goals and we always want to concede the fewest amount of goals." He's like, "the the way that we play is not it's not binary. It's not you're defending now and then you're attacking later or vice versa. You you play to score goals to put teams under pressure to kill off games to to maintain control because he sees the game in in terms of control. When you control the game, when you score goals, when you're the team on the front foot." you're less likely to be conceding. Now, look, you, we can argue about whether that philosophy is the one that you prescribe to or you generally enjoy because everyone can, can point to, oh, well, what about the times we commit numbers forward and a team just manages to, to pipe a goal out of nothing and we lose 1-0? No. 
yeah, it's going to happen. That's football. <laughs> but I've said it many times. I think that that w- the way that Bob plays is he says, I believe in my team. I, I have faith in what they can do. So why wouldn't I send them out there with a proactive game plan as opposed to a team that says, let's break this team down a little bit. Let's sit in. Let's see what let's see what we can. I, you know, you get those teams that say, let's just see what we can make out there. Whereas LAFC goes, no, we know what we already do. Let's just go out there and do it. Um, yeah, it's just two different philosophies in the game, but I think it very much so in a two-legged tie, you have to be thinking, all right, clean sheets are at a premium, especially when you're at home. Yeah. Storylines, and again, we'll preview this more because this is a week for everyone to kind of recharge your batteries, get ready for a game that's not on Friday or Saturday. It'll be on Sunday, and then we're back into it yep. midweek next week. But themes that could develop, I think – who could be ready for that? I don't. Obviously, not Dio. He's, yeah. but maybe you know Bradley Wright Phillips. Maybe could be in the mix for one of those three games over the next three weeks. Uh, it's uh, more than anything. I, I think it's just another week or two to have that core guy that you did not have until two weeks ago with all the South American guys to continue yeah. to build good ideas and just think about the symmetry they can create. So that's a they got by that they got yeah. by that part. They were able to advance and now they can kind of. Immerse everyone into that team. Yeah. I mean, bringing it back to, to Philly and now kind of looking ahead to Philly, I think this week and, and going forward, now that, now that you've kind of cleared that hump, this, is, this was clearly the, probably the toughest week in LFC history. Like we already said, biggest week in LFC history. You're looking at it now. You're, you're going to start to see a starting lineup start to get codified. We're going to see how the kind of the competition heats up in training. What you really want to see this week is, one, we've, we've gotten two immense games underneath us. The fitness levels are kind of ramping up. You know, if we were at, let's say, 75% uh, in that Lyon game, hopefully by Philly, we're, we're at 90. So what you really want to look for against Philly is a team that has kind of turned it up even a notch. Like, you you take LAFC and their their ideas, and it doesn't change from opponent to opponent. So we'd like to probably see them getting even tighter to Philadelphia, finding even more moments to create uh, you know, transition moments to create fast attacks to really get their players moving. And I think Philly's a, as good a team as any to do that because Philly's going to come out there. They're going to set up kind of in that 4-4-2 diamond, I think. Um, it's kind of been their default setting. They like to press. They like to get two two forwards in Casper uh, and, and Santos. They like to get them to, to really press on the defense. Um, so building out the back, getting your angle straight is going to be important. But you're going to know that if you can build out the back properly and you can bypass some of their lines – they're going to get some, uh, get some running lanes going at their defense, and I think that's going to bode well going into then, like we said, that following week where you're going to have to face a Cruz Azul team where you're going to want to score goals. Yes. Period. You know, as much as you want the shutout, you're going to want to score goals. Schedule-wise, three days, again, between the two games, not ideal, but it's something these like European clubs or others will do it. Yep. I think I'll have to check. The, we did mention the Cruz Azul in between has a game against America, which will be absolute bedlam down there south of the border that – you hope we'll take a little steam out of them, but we'll, yeah. we'll find out. I mean, especially it's because it's a tough those, spot for LAFC, but it's also tough for right. Cruz Azul. And those it's two not teams tougher. are one and two in the Clausura, so oh, they're neither bedlam. one of them are going to take that. Want to take that game off? Yeah. Both of them are going to have Champions League games in between. I mean, they, they, it's they're both in the same boat, so I, yeah. I think they're going to have to go for it. With with regards to Philadelphia, um, we previewed some of the teams. I like Philadelphia. I think they're a playoff team, but so many clubs were active. Uh, by necessity in the off season, and I've seen some, you know, payoffs already yeah. for some. I saw uh, Alan Polito scored Sporting one on the road. Mm-hmm. That was a, a big, a big get for for um, Maria scores Lutri. for Minnesota. Yes, uh, he's he's well on his I, way. He's I, well on his way to like, twenty five goals. I like Minnesota. Yeah, he's off to his way to twenty five goals. They look good. Uh, who is that? Who am I forgetting? But a bunch of guys. Uh, the Columbus guys brought in their guys, and they. They were yep. able to. It's all around. They were able to goal. produce a very nice goal. So this is paying off. They stuck. They were one of the few teams that really stick with them. This was a successful team. Everyone's really back by and large. Jamiro yep. Montero is the guy that they really focused on signing player. in the offseason. Yep. He's really talented, active box to box guy. And in Brendan Aronson, you have one of the good teenage players. One of the two or three good players that you'll probably see on the national team with some frequency. Yep. I think he did play in the January camp, and yeah, I, I think uh, Erhalter gave him a big pat on the back because that's what I want from you. So. Yeah, he got a moment. Yeah, I mean, so. he, he's a player, like, like I said, they, he fits into their scheme. He, they, they, they like to press. They like to get at teams. They like to turn them over high up the pitch. They're, they, they, they do a lot of things that is similar to the way the LFC wants to create some things um, and find moments to really turn teams over. Good goalkeeper in Blake. Uh, one of the better goalkeepers. 
can be. Can be. He's kind of he he's did, hit or miss. He did come I, off the wrong. I think. I think he he sometimes is coming off that fact that he did win goalkeeper of the year one year and kind of gets to coast on that because there's some days where he has some some real adventures uh, on the ball. Um, but he he can be a, a shot stopper. He's definitely a good uh, penalty shot stopper that we've seen. Um, but no, they're, I think they're just a solid team from front to back. But like you said, yeah, no big. I mean, their biggest move was keeping a guy that they already had on loan and then letting a guy go that was supposedly supposed to be a big name for them in Marco Fabian. Marco Fabian, yeah. It didn't really work out. No. We are in the uh, cavernous LAFC lunch hall. I know, everyone's And people are starting to come in for lunch. So you might be lunch. hearing yeah, that. And we're getting excited for lunch. We're gonna have, that's our payoff for yeah. doing this. But uh, we're going to talk more about Cruz Azul. And uh, who knows? We'll be on here soon enough. But uh, well, we'll leave it there. You know, we we know we were going to get some guests. We're going to we're going to be we're gonna a get training. some guests. I want to say this: talk some a of the lot new of players. people continue to ask us about this, and it is a topic that's going to come up again. Altitude training. What are the guys doing to prepare for altitude? So I'm going to try to get Danielle Guzman, who I've been Great talking idea. to, um, and he will tell us because he has love the that. inside track to how that is. There's a lot of theories that go into altitude training. So I think instead of having me and Max. You know, give our insights. I think having someone like that on would be great. So we'll probably try to get Daniel on in between. We did have altitude at Leon. It's just a different kind of altitude. It's, yeah, now. different kind of altitude. Uh, it's a, it's higher. Yeah. So very well put there, uh, yeah. Bill Nye. It's higher. Hey, it's higher. Well, what's the difference? Well, it's higher. <laughs> what do you know about altitude? Well, it's uh, higher than sea level. <laughs> By the way, I'm not good with altitude lately. I went to Mammoth and I labored. Yeah, maybe Daniel can give us some tips on how we can be prepared. Eat a lot of for beets. our trip. Yeah. Okay. Antioxidants, right? I guess. All right. We'll find well, out. We learned that from Javrina one, one broadcast, didn't Folks, we? Folks, we're all are going to Mexico, and I know there's many of you listening to it that are going to Mexico City. Listen to our next pod. We will sort you out as for us to be able to adapt to what's going to happen, what's gonna, what awaits us yep. in Mexico City. Yep. And we'll tell you where we're going to be because we want to hang out with everybody in Mexico City. Should we talk to uh, Carlos, uh, the, the, the chef there, to talk about what should we eat and not so no, we're not sl- slagging around after eating street tacos for three days straight? No, we're eating everything, man. All right, fair enough. All right. I'm, I'm going with you, the steel stomach. <laughs> subscribe, subscribe, rate, and review Inside LFC. Always good to be with you guys. Great to see you out there for two magical nights at Bank of California Stadium. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.